ओन्नो मित्रुण शोत्र बृहस्पति शो विष्णुक्रम नमो ब्रह्मणे नमस्ते वायो वायमेव प्रत्यक्ष ब्रह्मसी प्रत्यक्ष ब्रह्म वदिष्यामि सत्यं वदिष्यामि तन्मामवदु तद्वक्तारमवदु मां अवतु वक्तारम ओम शांति 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 ओम सहनावदु सहनो भुनक्तु सह वीर्यंकवाहै तेजस्वीनावधीतमस्तु मेद्वहै ओ शाति 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 ओ यदसृषभ विश्व छंदोभ्योध्यमृतासंबूव समेन्द्र मेधयाणारण भूयासम शरीर मे विचर्षण जिह्वा मे मधुमत्तमा कर्णाभ्यां भूरी विश्रुव ब्रह्मण कोशोसी मेधया पीद श्रुत मे गोपाय ओ शाति 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 ओ अहम वृक्ष कीर्ति पृष्ठंगिरेव ऊर्धपवित्रोवाजिनीवस्वृतमस्मे द्रविण गुंसवर्चस सुमेधाक्षिशंखोर्वेदाचनम शाति 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 पूर्णमदूर्णमद पूर्णमुदच्यते पूर्णस्य पूर्णमादाय पूर्णमेवशिष्य ओ शाति 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 श्रुतिस्मृतिपुरा आलयंकुणाल नमा भगवत्दशंकोकशंकराचार्य केशव बादरायण सूत्रभाष्यकृत वंदे पुनः 
ईश्वरो गुरुरात्मेरे मूर्ति भेद विभागिने व्योमवद्व्याप्त देहाय दक्षिणामूर्तये नमः अखंडम सच्चिदानंदम अखंडम सच्चिदानंदम अवांग मनसगोचरम अवांग मनसगोचरम आत्मानमखिलाधारम आत्मानमखिलाधारम आश्रये भीष्टसिद्धये आश्रये भीष्टसिद्धये अर्थतोप्यद्वयानंदान अर्थतोप्यद्वयानंदान अतीतद्वैतभानदह अतीतद्वैतभान गुरूनाराध्य वेदांत गुरूनाराध्य वेदांत सारं वक्ष्ये यथामदे सारं वक्ष्ये यथामदे discussion here is pertaining to the samadhi which is the final step shravanam mananam nididhyasanam and then samadhi <coughs> samadhi as we said is an effortless abidance nididhyasanam or meditation is where an effort is required and the culmination of all that effort is when the mind effortlessly abides that is called samadhi and there also there are two stages the first stage is known as savikalpa samadhi and second stage is known as nirvikalpa samadhi in the first stage called savikalpa samadhi where vikalpa is there there is an awareness of the knower and the known there is an awareness that i am the knower that brahma is known that i am the knower of the self that awareness is there <coughs> in fact that is what is what that is exactly what is desired in what is desired is this that i am the knower i know myself and that is what was being discussed yesterday drushya swarupam how do i know myself <coughs> and finally even that awareness also merges and leaving merely an a total abidance into the self without even an awareness of i am the knower and the known that is called the nirvikalpaka samadhi the more important is what we would call the savikalpaka samadhi and uh, because there is an abidance a knowing abidance is there <coughs> and there the knowledge that the wise man has what is that thought form or what is the gnana vritti that is there that obtains there of which there is awareness drushya swarupam gaganopam gaganopam param सकृद्विभादम त्वजमेकमक्षरम अलेपकम सर्वगतम यदद्वयम तदेवचाहम सततम विमुक्तमो दृशिस्वरूपम साक्षिस्वरूपम दट साक्षी द विटनेस आई एम ऑल द वेरियस थॉट्स दट परेड इन द माइंड आई एम द वेरी इल्यूमिनेटर द वेरी साक्षी एवरी थॉट नथिंग बट रिफ्लेक्स आई that a thought shines that a thought is known and how is the thought known usually my attention is on the thought and therefore i don't make note of that because of which the thought is known like we see the objects here all right but we don't see the light 
because I mean life is something that is taken for granted and what always uh, that upon which our attention is always focused is that which is illumined but shift the focus from what is illumined to that which illumines doesn't matter what the thought is what illumines the thought the awareness the I is the awareness that illumines the thought that is called Sakshi or the witness here the word witness means the illuminator but why do we use the word witness because witness is a subject so witness is subject what is witness is object so these words such as witness are used in order to draw our attention from the object to the subject but then even that subject and object duality also is not there when the word witness is understood as that which is self-effulgent self-shining all illuminating awareness like gagana like space which is which is untainted the thoughts come and go those which are just as the objects that are illumined do not in any way taint or pollute or contaminate or affect the light that illumines them or the objects that obtain the space do not in any way contaminate the space and so also the various thoughts that obtain that are being that bathe in this awareness that are illumined by the awareness do not in any way affect the awareness so gaganopamam meaning like that which is untainted unaffected <coughs> or gaganopamam gagana means a space space which is formless so awareness is formless all pervasive that is uh, pure param gaganopamam param param as you said is that which is ultimate beyond which there is nothing is called param so that which is the most superior superior to that which is illumined naturally that which illumines is superior to what is illumined and what is illumined is in maya and the products of it so that which is superior to that param then continuing it says sakrudvibhadam tvajamekamaksharam sakrudvibhadam eternally luminous vibhadam that which shines sakrud sakrud means in fact once that which shines once meaning sarvada ekasurupena bhasamanam which ever shines the same sakrat vibhadam like the like the sun that ever shines and in the light of which there is no change at all so that which shines ever shines and changelessly shines to distinguish it from moon which waxes and wanes so the self shines not like moon waxing and waning although that's what we seem to experience Swami sometime I am so happy, happy and sometimes I am not and so we think that I is changing that I am bright this morning and I am dull in some other morning etc so this is not in the self all of that brightness and dullness and what it is is in the mind but that which illumines is the moon waxes and wanes but that in the light of which even the moon shines the sun then that never waxes and wanes even the waxing and waning on moon also is illumined by what? Similarly also, whether the brightness is there or dullness is there, all of that, sadness is there or joy is there, these are all different states of mind which are illumined by what? It's ever shines, sakrat vivhadam, sarvada ekasvarupena bhasamanam, ever shining, ekasvarupena, changelessly, so ever shining like the sun. <coughs> 
course, we don't imagine it as a source of light and things like that. Different illustrations are given. As we said, when we talk of sun, again it creates some picture as someplace else and shining. That's not the idea. The illustration of sun is, it's all, it's self-effulgent, self-shining, ever-shining, changelessly shining and illumining everything. By sun is not meant that self stands apart from everything else, that it ever shines, the self-effulgent. Sakarat vibhadam tu ajam, that twajam is tu plus ajam. Where two doesn't have any meaning, it is merely for the meter. Ajam, ajam is what? Unborn. Ajam, janma rahitam. So that which is janma divikara sunyam najayate najayate na nava mrete vipaschita. So that kathopanishad says najayate na mrete vipaschit. Vipaschit means the self-shining one who is free from birth and death. <coughs> so ajam, birthless. And when there is no birth, then there are no modifications also. So that which is free from all the modifications, because the modifications and changes start from the process of birth. So birth is the birth of all the changing processes also. This is unborn, meaning not within the realm of time, changeless. Ajam ekam ekam nirasta sarvopadhyam, that which is one, that which cannot be distinguished from anything else. Here one is not that which stands as separate from everything else, distinct. But one here is that which cannot be distinguished from anything else. Like if we say that water is one with reference to all the waves, it's not that the water stands apart from the waves, (coughs) but that it cannot be distinguished from all the waves. So, because water is without any attributes. So, ekam, one means free from all the attributes. It is attribute or distinguished distinction that distinguishes one thing from the other. That is object is a table that possesses an attribute called tableness. It is a microphone that possesses an attribute called microphoneness. And it is this distinction of the attribute or the characteristic that distinguishes one name and form from the other. But suppose there is that which is without any attribute at all. Like the gold with reference to ornaments, say to be one, not in terms of counting one, but that in terms of devoid of all the attributes and therefore that which is not separate from anything else in that sense ekam nirasta sarvopadi bhedam or sajatiya vijatiya svagata bheda shunyam that which is devoid of all the distinctions or the duality of sajatiya there is nothing like it of its own class or nothing other than it of a different class or there are no parts or distinctions within itself Aksharam Vinasha Dharma Rahityana Kuthastha Swarupam Aksharam, imperishable Kshadati, that which changes, that which is perishable, is called Kshadam. As Lord Krishna says, Dvavimau Purushav Loke Kshadascha Akshara Evacha Kshadasarvani Bhutani Kuthastho Kshara Uchyade In this creation, there are two Purushas. So Lord Krishna says, there are two Purushas. Purusha means persons. Persons means the conscious principles. <coughs> so that person or the truth or the conscious principle obtains in a two-fold way in this creation. Perishable and imperishable. There is only one person in fact. There is one reality. Then why does Lord Krishna say that there are two? That there are two Purushas? 
meaning is that one purusha, purusha or just one truth or one reality obtained has twofold expression kshara evacha that which is perishable one is the kshara or the expression that is perishable other is akshara the expression that is imperishable these are what we call the expressions and manifestations of the purusha and don't burden your mind with the mechanism of how that imperishable became perishable don't burden yourself with that how can the perishable become imperishable what's the mechanism for the imperishable person to become perishable don't bother just appreciate the fact that what is perishable is nothing but the same consciousness and akshara imperishable is in that case the cause of them the effect is changing or perishable the cause is not changing imperishable so lord krishna says there is a twofold expression of i the perishable and the imperishable the effect and the cause is that it uttamah purushastvanyah and then the third one called uttama purusha kshara purusha akshara purusha uttama purusha uttamah purushastvanyah paramatme tudahrudah and there is known as paramatma paramatma the limitless self yoh lokatrayam avishya vibhartyam yeh ishwarah yoh lokatrayam avishya one who entering the all, all the three worlds vibharti so one who has entered this imperishable and imperishable persons so there is this purushottama uttama purushah so that is beyond the two but beyond the two does not mean that he stands separate from the two beyond the two in the sense that the one alone who is, who is in the form of this two and who sustains the two and who still remains unaffected by the two that what is perishable and imperishable effect and cause both of them are sustained by that which is beyond cause and effect and that which is beyond the cause and effect alone appears as the effect and the cause so it is one that alone appears as perishable alone appears as imperishable and even while appearing as perishable and imperishable retains its true nature of being beyond both it is at the same time immanent as well as transcendental is immanent meaning it pervades the perishable and the imperishable expressions and at the same time it remains aksharam and uttamah purushah uttama beyond the two meaning transcendental so both imperish i mean you know uh, both all pervading or immanent as well as transcendent so to show that i am the immanent and the transcendent reality that i pervade and i am the one that stands beyond everything so what you perceive also is i and then i am the one who is beyond what is perceived lord says this two purushas are like shara purushah akshara purushah the perishable and the imperishable the effect and the cause and uttamah purushah but when you closely look at the what is the effect and what is the cause there is questions will go away how can it become perishable how can it become changing well closely look at the perishable or the changing closely look at the effect and you find that the effect turns out to be nothing but the cause and closely look at the cause and you find that even the causality also is not there we brand a given thing as cause only with reference to the effect so clay is called the cause with reference to the part so you looking at the part and identifying the clay as the cause just focus your attention on clay then you realize that there is no effect and no cause 
clay in itself stands, I mean, beyond these concepts of cause and effect. So, instead of worrying about the mechanism of how these things happen, just look at what it is. Is it really perishable? Is that the ultimate reality, the perishable world? Is it the ultimate real? That's effect which, when we see, resolves into cause. And that resolves into even that which is beyond the cause and effect, meaning the causality also is a superimposition. Sakratvuhadam tvajameka maksharam aksharam imperishable or immutable. That's what is said here. Aksharam vinasya dharmarahityana kutastasvarupam tasacha bhavanaha sharasarvane bhutani kutastavaksara uchyade alepakam alepakam that which is untainted or unattached you may say lepa you know anointment is called lepa when you anoint something so that's called lepanam when you take for example sandalwood paste and anoint your body that is called lepanam with the sandalwood so that which is anointed that which is tainted that which is affected is lepakam alepakam that which is unanointed untainted meaning that which remains unaffected <coughs> Asangatvat avidyaya doshrahitam devoir of any dosha or devoir of any defect, any blemish, alepakam, unblemished. Because one may wonder that God is both, you say that the whole ex- manifest creation is God, then in this creation there is so much injustice and suffering and cruelty and all that is also God. So here God does not stand apart from creation. It's not that God is something different from creation, therefore the creation is all cruel and, you know, unjust. And he some, stands somewhat apart from that. He says, no, all of these are also, uh, he is that which supports everything and remains beyond everything. The rope, just as a rope, remains, supports the snake and still is unaffected by the snake. That poison the snake does not in any way affect the rope. And similarly, all the changes and things that are taking place in the creation, which is projection or superimposition does not in any way affect the substratum and therefore remains alepakam unaffected. Like Lord Shiva. You know, Lord Shiva is supposed to be living in crematory, cremation grounds, you know. It's amazing. Lord Shiva is an amazing thing. All kinds, all impurities and inauspiciousness is associated with Lord Shiva. Shiva means auspicious, you know. Shiva means auspicious. And everything about and around him is inauspicious. Smashane Shvakrida Smaraharapishacha Sahacharaha. Though even devotee sings in glory or praising of Lord, praise of Lord Shiva. That where are you? Smashane Shvakrida. Where do you sport? Where do you live? Where do you dwell? In the crematory, in the cremation grounds. Which in the Hindu tradition is supposed to be uh, and everywhere I am sure but nobody goes to cremation grounds if you go to cremation ground then you have to purify yourself you must take bath and you know all your clothes must be soaked in water and you must take bath before you even enter the home it's not that you go to graveyard and offer flowers and that, that's a different tradition but in India they look upon the cremation ground as something that is inauspicious or something that is ashocham <coughs> impure and in the midst of that impurity, inauspiciousness, nobody even goes. Nobody, once you go there, if you touch anything, and 
So, smashane shvakrida, that's where he lives. Smarahara pishacha sahacharaha. And who are all your attendants? Pishachaha, his attendants are all ghosts and goblins. Nobody want to, wants, would want to be associated with them. Nobody would want to see them. Nobody would want to have them around. But ghosts and goblins, all those impure creatures and all the discarded creatures, all of them are his attendants. Smashane Shvakira Smarahara Vishacha Sahacharaha Chitabhasmalepaha What an anointment! What kind of ornamentation does he have upon his body? He takes that bhasma. Bhasma means the ash. Ash from the funeral fire. So on the funeral fire, once the whole, the cremation has taken place, all that is left of the body is the ash. He takes that ash and smears on his body. Chitabhasmalepaha Your body is smeared by the ash. As I said, most inauspicious. Or most, you know, uh, impure or, or unsacred is the ash because the dead body nobody would touch unless you you take bath and then what drop of the ash and he smears it on his body chitabhasmalepaha sragapindrakaroti parikaraha and what a garland does he wear you know what garland does he wear he wears a garland of skulls can you imagine that I mean so skulls that's what is lying there See, even the cremation ground also, these bones, etc., they remain. So these things are left there. So this skulls, etc., is, you know, he makes a garland. He wears a garland of skulls. And what is his begging bowl? A skull is his begging bowl. And, and this is, samangalyam shilam, makhilam. Look at this, O Lord. Everything around you is amangalam. It's totally impure, inauspicious. And still, tathapi smartrunam, Varada Paramam Mangalamasi And still, O Lord, Smartrunam, for those who remember you, for those who know you, Varada Paramam Mangalamasi, you are the most auspicious. You are the most auspicious in spite of remaining and dwelling in the most inauspicious place. And everything around you is inauspicious. So look, the Lord who is auspiciousness, the embodiment of auspiciousness, sustains everything that is inauspicious. So in the creation everything may look inauspicious to us. Look at this cruelty, look at this injustice, look at this suffering. Is there inauspicious? No doubt about that. But then the one that supports. So all these extremes are supported that on Lord Shiva. Lord Shiva is the substrate of all these extremes. Most pure and most impure also. There's another word about Lord Shiva and that's what all of you find here. Dakshinamurti is nothing but Lord Shiva. And so he also is smears the ash on his body. He also the snakes as ornaments and things like that. <coughs> of course here he is not sitting in the cremation ground. Thank God he is sitting under a banyan tree. Banyan trees has a different uh, connotation. It, it has certain mystical value. Or, you know, because every tree has an atmosphere about itself by the way. And banyan tree and people tree are considered religious trees what is it, ficus religiosa they call it. Because there is an atmosphere, so those who sit under those trees and meditate, they have, they realize that the tree has a certain effect about itself. Therefore the teacher sitting under a banyan tree and the disciples sitting around there, so the banyan tree is a huge tree and has, as we say, a certain thing about it which is very auspicious. So the Krishnamurti of course sits under the banyan tree and, and teaches the disciples. 
but originally he is none other than Lord Shiva. <coughs> so there is one verse which describes this contrary or a pairs of opposites which are there on Lord Shiva. Uh, Bhītir nāsti bhujanga pungavavishāt prītir chandrāmṛtāt As you know, Lord Shiva has this, he, he has garlands and ornaments of snakes. And the most poisonous snakes and cobras are there, you know, walk moving on his body. So some descriptions show how this cobras are moving all over his body. Bhītir nāsti There is no fear in spite of the most frightening of the cobras moving on your body. Bhītir nāsti bhujanga pungavishāt Because of his visha, they are all ejecting or spraying poison. The, the cobras who are, who are moving in the body of Lord Shiva all the time are fuming poison. Bhītir nāsti, there is no fear. Prītir na chandrāmrasāt And just the opposite, that who is it that actually adorns the crown of Lord Shiva, the head of Lord Shiva, the moon? Moon is supposed to be the very abode of nectar or abode of ambrosia. So moon, because it cools everything. And so moon is supposed to be the very abode of the ambrosia or the nectar. So this moon which is abode of nectar is there on your head adorning your crown. There is no attachment to that. There is no aversion or fear from the poison of the snakes which are crawling on your body. Nor is there any attachment for the moon, the embodiment of nectar, which is moon, which is adorning your crown, <coughs> adorning your, your head, because of matted locks, adorning the matted locks. Bhītir nāsti bhujanga punga vishāt, no, bhītir nāsti bhujanga punga vishāt, bhītir chandrāmṛtāt, nā shaucham hi kapāladāmaludunāt, shaucham na ganga jalāt, that you are wearing this garland of skulls that is most inauspicious, as we said, you know, then still you do not become impure. The Lord does not become impure on account of, of having most impure thing on his body, namely the garland of skulls. That's, that's embodiment, that's impurity on his body. At the same time, says, Shavucham na Ganga Jalat, Ganges, Ganges is supposed to be the embodiment of purity. In the, in, the, in the tradition in India, even a dip in the Ganges purifies and removes all the sin. So Ganges stands for the embodiment of purity. And that Ganges also is emerging from the matted locks of Lord Shiva. On one hand, the most impure, namely the garland of skulls is on his neck. On the other hand, the most pure or sacred or auspicious, the Ganges, is emerging from his matted locks. Nashaucham does not become impure on account of the garland of the skulls. Nor does he become pure or sacred on account of the Ganges flowing on him. Then, Nodvegascheti uh, Bhasmanat. Then you smeared all over your body this Bhasma or this, this ash from the fire, I mean ash from the funeral pyre. So imagine ash, you know, it would be irritating, isn't it? It's not sandal. Sandalwood is something that is very soothing and cooling. But ash is just opposite of it, and he smears ash on his body. And does it create any pain or any kind of a irritation to you? No dvegaha. You don't feel any way irritated on account of this ash which is smeared on his body. 
and now he is another extreme. You know who shares the half of Lord Shiva's body? Lord Shiva is supposed to be Ardhanarishwara. It is said that the left half of Lord Shiva is Parvati and the right half is Shiva. So even in Dakshinamurti also you can see the left side of the Lord he is wearing that it doesn't show the body you know of male and female but symbolically we see on Lord Dakshinamurti also then on the left ear there is female earring and right ear there is male earring. The male earring is snake etc you know the female earring so because so male and female earring show symbolically that the left body is female and the right body is male. He's always an embrace with, you know, so, I mean, nodvegas chiti bhasmanat. There's no irritation or pain on account of smearing of this, the ash from the funeral pyre. Nodvegas chiti bhasmanat, nachasukham gauristana linganat. You're always as though an embrace with Parvati. But then still, So, this is how Lord Shiva is. And so, Hita Hita Samaha Sri Shankara Patuvaha This Lord who is Hita Hita Samaha One who is the same in Hita and Ahitam in what is agreeable and disagreeable what is pleasant and unpleasant one who is ever the same may He protect us. <coughs> so, this is the description of Lord Shiva. Very beautiful description in as much as it shows how Lord Shiva, means Lord, is very abode or support of all the extremes. We find the creation all these extremes. We find happiness and we find suffering. We find riches and we find poverty. We find compassion and love and find cru- cruelty. All of these we find in the same creation. In fact, in the same place. Very same person can be very cruel at one point and can be very kind at another point also. Very same one can be suffering at one moment and can be ecstatic at another moment. So not only that we find these extremes in different places in the creation, we find those extremes in fact in the same place. It shows how Lord is the abode, the support, or the substratum of all the extremes, all the opposites. These opposites are called dvandva. Dvandva means pairs of opposites. That is the nature of creation which is most baffling. Nobody can ever explain this creation and nobody can get a hang of it. It is alright that the scientists are only paying attention to the matter, but that's only one aspect of the creation. We have, matter is not the only thing about the creation. We have the mind, we have the consciousness, the, all of this. When you take that into account, we find that it just is impossible to fathom. Unfathomable or inscrutable are these ways in this creation. And how can it be? How can there be all these pairs of opposites simultaneously abiding in one location? Lord Shiva shows how he is aboard of simultaneously all the extremes or opposite principles. And himself, Amangalyam Shilam, Tava Bhavatu Makhilam. O Lord, may it be for people who are not discerning, may it be that you are the abode of all that is inauspicious. Tathapismartrunam Vardaparamam Mangalamasi. But O Lord, for those who know you, those who are discerning, you are the greatest, the, you are the embodiment of auspiciousness. <coughs> so this is the self. Self, alepakam, remains always untainted. Untainted, unpolluted, unaffected, in spite of illuminating and supporting and sustaining everything that is extreme. 
the mind is sometimes wonderful, sometimes terrible, miserable, sometimes happy, sometimes unhappy. So all this personality is like that. But the person that sustains, supports, illumines that personality, alaypakam, is unattached, untainted. Asangatvat avidyaridosharahitam Even he sustains ignorance. Ignorance also is where? Ignorance also is sustained by whom? Him alone. The self alone sustains ignorance. Ignorance also has, has its locus. Where in the self only? But does it mean the self has become ignorant? No. And from the ignorance is created all these pairs of opposites. The ahankara ego. And from that, all these ragadveshas, all the pairs of opposites, the attachments, aversions, cruelty, kindness, all of this is product of ignorance. And that ignorance also is sustained by the self and therefore all the pairs of opposites also sustained by the self and still avidyadi dosharhitam since he remains unattached and therefore devoid of all the blemish or devoid of all the doshas, devoid of all the defects. Alebakam <coughs> sarvagatam So Upanishad says asangohi ayam purushaha Bhadarnika Upanishad says ayam purushaha This self is Asangaha, unattached, unconnected. And ever we are, I am ever unconnected. If I were ever connected to anything, I cannot constantly change, shift from one to the other role. If I were ever attached to anything, I were attached to anything, as happy, unhappy or whatever it is, it cannot change. But I is constantly assuming different roles, you know. Now happy, then unhappy and whatever. That shows that it remains free from everything. Like a crystal keeps on assuming different colors, depending on what comes in front of it. But then also, it remains alaybakam. In spite of assuming all the different colors, how the crystal remains unaffected by all the colors. And so also, the self alaybakam. Sarvagatam Sarvatra Brahmadisthavaranteshu Bhuteshu Gatam Vyaptam Sarvanusyutam Sanmatram Sarvagatam All pervasive. Gam means to go, Gatam means that which is gone, Sarvagatam, that which is gone everywhere, meaning that which pervades everything. Says Upanishad, Yasmin Devahu Prasvi Chandariksham Otam, says Mundaka Upanishad, that in which the space and the earth and the heavens, all of this is woven. So that which pervades the space and heavens and earth, that is called, that is the uh, Sarvagatam, or Brahmadis Thavaranteshu Bhuteshu Gatam. That which obtains in all the beings. All pervasive means what? That which obtains the very self of all the beings. Beginning from Brahmaji, beginning the creator, the most exalted being, right to a small little unicellular creature also, the one who pervades, one who is the self of all, is called Sarvagatam. <coughs> yes, Advayam. Advayam, so that which is non-dual, Advayam. Sajatiya, Vijatiya, Bhedarahityana, Dvitiyarahitam, Advayam. Svagata Bheda Shunyam, that which is non-dual. He said earlier, is devoid of all kinds of duality or all divisions, undivided. Tadeva Chaham Satatam Vimaktamom Tadeva Chaham, that indeed I am, and that alone I am. Chidananda Rupa, what does he say? Asangoham, 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 Punaf Punaha, Satchidananda Rupaham, Ahamevaham Avyaha. I am Avyaha, I am changeless, imperishable, I am. Tadevachaham. So this, the self such as this, I am. Satatam. 
विमुक्तम विमुक्तम फ्री सततम एवर फ्री सततम विमुक्तम एवर फ्री सेल्फ आय स्वरूपम गगनो परम परम गगनोपम परम सकृत विभादम ध्वजमेकम अक्षरम अलेपकम सर्वगतम यदयम तदेव चाहम सततम विमुक्तम ओम कंक्लूड दैट ओम वाय ओम दैट ओम मीन्स ब्रह्म ओम विच इज ब्रह्म दैट आई एम और ओम ओम इज इन सेंस ऑफ गिविंग कंसेंट शोइंग अग्रीमेंट वेन द टीचर सेज यू तत्वी देन द डिसबल रिस्पॉन्स ओम दैट्स राइट यू नो सो इन ऑर्डर टू शो योर कंकरेंस or your agreement or your own yeah that then you say om did you did you come i mean would you do that om so om is in sense of giving consent om is used for in many ways and one of the ways of using om is taitri upanishad shows how om is used in so many places one of them is that consenting so while performing a yaga for example the priest who is offering the oblations asks six permission of the presiding priest so now the time has come for offering oblation may I offer oblation he says oh means go ahead so he doesn't say yes oh that's beautiful because that's how you utter the name of god also and it conveys also so he says samasatatam vimukta vimuktam oh shows his conviction his concurrence this is how this is the nature of appreciation which is there in the so called sadikalpa samadhi this appreciation is that that i am so and so so this the vritti what we call the gnana vritti or the nature of knowledge is this this is the nature of knowledge this is the nature of appreciation which obtains effortlessly in this dhyasanam you repeat this verse and see the meaning and in course of time when the nidhyasanam by paripaka when it matures then there is an effortless appreciation of of this of this that is described in this verse this is called savikalpa samadhi savikalpaka samadhi a samadhi or absorption in which there is this vikalpaka where the gnana vritti also is there gnana vritti means this this appreciation is there and there is an awareness that i am appreciating this so that self consciousness is there not disturbing self consciousness but it is still there sadatam vimuktam omi sarvada karya karanatmak saropadi nirmu vinirmukte vinirmuktatvena satata ekarupam ityartha since devoid of any kind of upadi cause and effect i am ever free tathacha bhagavate there is a text called bhagavatam very very beautiful text baddho and <coughs> is generally associated with bhakti devotion because bhagavatam essential is singing the glories of lord in his various incarnations and also describing the uh, the life you know of many devotees great devotees <coughs> but there is vedanta all throughout in bhagavatam also says baddho mukta idi vyakya gunato mena vastutah the lord krishna says that or the self says baddha muktah now the self is called bound then the self is called free all this vyakhya this kind of uh, expression the self is free and self is bound 
Gunatomena Vastutaha is only on account of the Guna. Guna means it's only on, it's in a secondary sense or from the standpoint of Upadi, Navastutaha. The self is never bound and therefore never free also. To call it free also is with reference to bondage. Never, Satatam o Vimuktam. Ever free, meaning I never was bound. Meaning I am not free also, understand? Free also is a reference to bound. So in order to release that freedom which is opposed to bondage is satatam vimuktam, ever free. Ever free means what? I never was bound. So wise man knows himself ever free. Not that I became free now, that I was bound and now I became free. No. When you see that self as it is, then you realize that I never was bound. That bondage was a notion to begin with. And it is a notion that has gone away. Tathacha etadrasham niridashe anandam yat param brahma om. What is meant by om? Niridasham anandam yat param brahma. That param brahma, the brahma which is param, limitless. Niridashe anandam, that which is ananda, fullness, happiness, unsurpassable, boundless happiness, that is, tadevaham. Brahman, which is the boundless happiness and which is uh, Param Brahman, which is the limitless, boundless happiness that Brahman is. Oh, that is what I am. That's how he declares his knowledge. Idi <coughs> So this bhavana, this appreciation is going on in what we call Savikalpaka Samadhi. Nishedap Pratyogatvena Tattat upadivhanat, tattat prayukta bhele bhane bhi, advaitam bhasadeva ityartaha. So when a given thought arises in the mind, or not a thought, there is an awareness of the upadi. When can you be self-conscious? When there is slight awareness of your upadi, awareness of your mind, and then alone there can be self-conscious. And with different states of the mind, your awareness or your consciousness about the same, yourself is the same. And therefore, that in spite of there is, in spite of there being an awareness of the mind or a duality, a slight duality, still there is a knowledge or appreciation that the non-dual Brahma self I am. Because the non-dual is not opposed to duality. The non-dual or Advaitam is in spite of Dvaitam. And therefore, there is no need to erase the duality. Yes, there is a need to erase ignorance. There is a need to erase the projection. But no need necessarily to erase the duality. And so, even though the perception of duality is, here the wise man has the appreciation of the knowledge of the non-dual, whether he is with himself or without. Therefore, the samadhi, as we will see in this Drugdusya Vivega text, is antas samadhi and bahya samadhi samadhi within and samadhi without samadhi within with reference to various thoughts going on in your mind and you see yourself as the very sakshi as the very illuminator as as was described this verse or samadhi outside with reference to the names and forms that you are in contact with you appreciate the asti bhati priyam and thus, this a wise man who abides in the knowledge is ever in what we call the Savikalpaka Samadhi. Even when he is performing his, his dealing with the world or is dealing with his mind, what it is, 
is ever, this appreciation is ever there. This is called, so while there is, an, there is a slight awareness of the duality, and still the appreciation of the, the nature of the self, that is called Sadhikalpaka Samadhi. And when that awareness of duality even completely merges, even when this one continues for a length of time, then as a result of that momentum of the Savikalpaka Samadhi, even that slight awareness of duality also completely merges. And then what is that is called so-called Nirvikalpaka Samadhi. Or Samadhi or absorption where even that slight awareness is also not there. <coughs> and that is said in the passage 197. Nirvikalpakastu, Nirvikalpakastu, Jnatra Jnanadi, Jnatra Jnanadi, Vikalpalaya, Vikalpalaya, Apekshaya, Apekshaya, Advitiya Vastuni, Advitiya Vastuni, Tadakara, Akaritayaha, Akaritayaha, Chitta Vrattehe, Nirvikalpakastu to however Nirvikalpaka what is known as Nirvikalpaka Samadhi or that Samadhi even without that self-consciousness Gnatra Jnanadi Vikalpa laya apekshaya. There is laya or merger. Vikalpa laya. Merger of this laya, vikalpa, or the merger of this, this duality. Of what? The jnatru jnana, the vikalpa. Vikalpa also can be called distinction. This distinction of the knower, the known and the knowledge, which obtains slightly in the sadhikalpa samadhi, when that distinction also completely merges, merges into what? Advitiya Vastuni Tadakara Karitayaha Chitta Vrittehe Atitaram Eki Bhavena Avasthanam Even that Chitta Vritti meaning even that thought form the thought form with which I I know myself even that thought form also completely merges into Brahman Advitiya Vastuni so that in which this Vikalpa the distinction of the knower known and knowledge also merges in that Brahma, even that Jnana Vritti also merges. We saw earlier also how that a, a, a candlelight or a lamp is alright, a candlelight is alright to illuminate a room, but how that candlelight fails to illumine the sun because sun is self-shining and brightly shining. And how the candlelight in fact loses its even existence sort of, you know. The candlelight loses the distinction in the sunlight, you don't even see the candlelight. And similarly also this vritti, you don't even see that vritti also as though loses itself or gets merged into Brahman. And all that remains is, as we were seeing last night also, all that remains is antaha asangam vastu. Asangam vastu meaning that awareness, unattached consciousness, that's all that remains. And there is no separate awareness even of that jnana vritti. <coughs> Atitaram eki bhavena avasthanam. Atitaram. So, completely avasthanam. It completely gets obliterated or completely merges into Brahman, which is one without a second. 
So that is called Nirvikalpaka Samadhi. Chirakala Bhyastha Yit Uttara Savikalpa Samadhi Anubhavajanita Samskara Sahakritayaha Chittavrattehe So as a result of this practice of Savikalpaka Samadhi for a length of time, the mind slowly and slowly gets a samskara. In the mind also is created that same trend. So Samadhi Anubhavajanita Samskara Sahakrataya Chittavrattehe That mind slowly and slowly and ultimately the distinctions of the knower, known, etc. are gone and then the mind also merges and there is no distinction from that and Brahman. So all that is is Asangavastu. That is called the Nirvikalpaka Samadhi. <coughs> and then by, according to this, even by the constant practice of the Nirvikalpaka Samadhi, that effortlessly then the same state remains that self shines effortlessly. Same says, Eden Nirvikalpaka Samadhi Abhyasa Padavena Lupta Samskarataya Gnatradi Triputila Purukam Akhanda Karakaritayaha Chittavrtehe Vinavi Susfurtim. Even without that Chittavrti also, Kiva Chidananda Atmana Avasthana Atmakaha. Without that Vritti also, there is a shining of that Chidananda self. This is the Nirvikalpaka Samadhi. <coughs> And that is being explained with an illustration in the next passage, passage 198. Tadatu Jalakaraka No, Jalakarakarita Jalakarakarita Lavana Anavabhasanena Lavana Anavabhasena Jalamatra avabhasavata Jalamatra avabhasavata Advidiya vastuva karakarita Advidiya vastuva karakarita Chitta vritti anabhasena anabhasena Chitta vritti anabhasena Advidiya vastumatram avabhasate Advidiya vastumatram avabhasate an example is given here as to how this vritti also, that illumined myself, even that vritti of the thought form also merges. And the illustration given is how a lump of salt, when you add in water, for a period of time the lump of salt does retain its distinction. But in course of time, that lump of salt completely gets melted, dissolved rather, dissolved in water and does not leave any distinction at all. So that is how they explain, even the mind also retains, that vritti retains its existence. In course of time, even that jnana vritti also loses its distinction. And totally, that's why it said, atitaram eki bhavena avasthanam. Just as the lump of salt completely dissolves in water, without retaining any individuality or any distinction at all, and so also this jnana vritti completely gets merged in Brahman without retaining any distinction. And this is called in Nirvikalvaka Samadhi. <coughs> and in the next passage, just a technical question is brought up and, and uh, resolved here. Somebody says, what is the distinction between Samadhi and sleep? Both the states seem to be similar. In the sleep also, there is no awareness of the no one. It's in the sleep also, there is total non-duality, meaning 
In the sleep also I am not aware that in this nirvikalpaka samadhi also at that time you are not aware that you are in samadhi. In savikalpaka samadhi there is awareness that I am in samadhi. In nirvikalpaka samadhi there is a total losing of oneself and total losing of all distinct consciousness. And therefore one is not even aware that one is in samadhi. It's only after coming out of that samadhi that one will say, hey, for this period of time I was in samadhi. But then while in there, there is no awareness. Just as when we wake up from the deep sleep, then we say that I slept for all this time. But while in the deep sleep, I, was, I didn't have that awareness. So a question is asked here, that both of these appear to be very similar. The deep sleep state and says, Nanu susupto api jnana vibhaganam lavasambhavat says in deep sleep also this distinction of the knower known and the knowledge is not there and even when I am in the state of deep sleep I am not aware that I am sleeping because the vritti or the thought form with which I am aware that very thought form also has completely merged so this state of samadhi nirvikalpaka samadhi that you describe seems to be similar to deep sleep what's the difference between them? and just to clear up that point is the purpose of the next passage Tatascha Asya Sushupteshcha Abheda Shankha Nabhavati Ubhayatra Vrityabhane Samanevi Tat Sadbhava Asadbhava Matrena Anayoho since the state of nirvikalpaka samadhi is similar to the state of the complete dissolving of the lump of salt in water the idea is that when the lump of salt gets dissolved in the water it is still there that salt doesn't retain its distinction from water but the salt is there that's the point that the author wants to make that the salt doesn't get destroyed or doesn't get it, it is there you do not you cannot distinguish it from water from it is there and similarly also in the so-called nirvikalpaka samadhi that thought form is there except that it has completely merged or dissolved in brahman and therefore you do not you're not aware of it but it is there that's the idea in order to create a distinction between the deep sleep and samadhi because technically if you say that nirvikalpaka samadhi is a state which is devoid of the distinction of the knower known in the knowledge then the deep sleep also appears to be a, by that dis- definition although I am sure that we don't have that kind of a uh, problem because everybody knows the real difference is that there is no vritti or the self-consciousness in deep sleep but all that self-consciousness is completely merged in what we call blanket of ignorance, blanket of darkness, or blanket of tamas. And in the nirvikalpaka samadhi, all that self-consciousness is completely merged in the blanket of knowledge. So there is a big difference there. In one case, everything is merged completely in the blanket of sattva. Sattva and tamas, as we have been saying, they are extreme and they look alike. Extremes look alike. Sattva is complete balance. Vishuddha Sattva and Tamas is completely dull, complete dullness. So the person is completely in poise, he is also motionless, 
and one who is sleeping or totally uh, inert also looks motionless. So apparently tamas and sattva, they may appear, they appear similar just to a casual observer. But there is a difference, vast difference, they are poles apart. One abides in total poise, another one is merged in total inertia. So deep sleep is a state when the self-consciousness is merged in total inertness or inertia, in the blanket of ignorance, in the total tamas or darkness, and therefore there is no self-awareness, consciousness. On the other hand, in the samadhi, that is totally merged in what we call Vishuddha Sattva. That Vritti has merged in Sattva. And therefore also there is no distinction. In pure Sattva there is no distinction because it's all light. In pure Tamas also there is no distinction because it's all darkness. In Rajas there is always distinction. In between Rajas there is always distinction because there is light also and something darkness also. Like the table which is inert and the light which illumines when both are there then the distinctions are there if in this hall there is total darkness no distinction purely light there also no distinction there is pure light in the Savikalpaka Samadhi and pure darkness in the deep sleep and that is the distinction between them otherwise technically you can say that that self or consciousness or the consciousness or distinction of the knower known and knowledge are not there in either state but they are poles apart never one should not confuse the state of deep sleep with the samadhi. Otherwise, everybody would be enlightened. Every morning would wake up enlightened. And there would be no need to go to sleep at all because they are already enlightened. But that is not the case because in the deep sleep there is a total blanket of darkness of ignorance. And therefore, one should not confuse one state for the other. <coughs> okay. Om Purnamadaf Purnamidam Purnat Purnamudachyade Purnasya Purnamadaya Purnameva Vashishyade Om Shanti 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 Shankaram Shankaracharyam Keshavam Vadarayanam Sutra Bhashya Krutau Vande Bhagavanta Punahe Ishvaro Guru Ratmedi Murti Veda Vibhagine Vyoma Vadvyapta Dehaya Dakshina Murtaye Namaha Om Shantishantishantihe Hari Om Shri Guru Bhyo Namaha Hari Om